Hey, this is the sixth episode of Hot Points. It's a podcast about the film and TV department. And this is the finale of the first season of this quarter. And we have a special guest. It's the chair of the film department, D.W. Moffat. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the whole purpose of this podcast is in a civil manner to voice um, different thoughts, opinions about the film department because mm -hmm. we all go here, we all pay to go here, mm -hmm. at least most of us. And, uh, you know, we all want it to be better. Yep. So it's all in good cause. Good. So firstly, uh, I want to ask, uh, what brought you to SCAD in the beginning? So... It's, it's a very simple answer. It's a very, it, it might sound like a glib answer, but it's not. Mm -hmm. I came to the film festival here in the fall of 2015. My wife and I checked into the hotel, and there was a welcome packet. Mm -hmm. And it said SCAD, like on the, you know, the folder, SCAD. And I'm paraphrasing, but it basically underneath that in quotation marks said, we prepare talented students for professional careers. And I thought, I said, honey, look at this. This is like, this is like genius. This is an art school who is saying right up front that our kind of mission statement, because obviously it was their mission statement, mm -hmm. is not to make you a better artist or to change humanity, but it's literally, I mean, that's, those aren't bad things, but literally to prepare students for a creative career. I think it used to be tell students for professional, but I think now they call it creative careers in the, in the mission statement, but mm -hmm. I just thought that was so smart. And then sort of f f quickly following that was meeting some faculty members that I thought I could really bond with easily and also um, the fact that the Performing Arts Department was reshifting their entire program to on-camera performance as opposed to theater performance. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm a theater guy. I, I deeply value theater training, but you make 99% of your living in front of a camera. So a school that does not focus on that is underserving its student population. Mm -hmm. So. The big reason was kind of like I was intrigued by this sort of school that it was doing this. And then, obviously, when I was entertaining the notion of coming here, other factors came into play. Who would I be working with? Um, what kind of, what, what, what kind of, what, what the curriculum looked like? All that stuff. And then you started off as a professor, correct? I started out, I started off teaching two film classes, directing the actor, mm -hmm. and two performing arts classes, acting for the camera. So I started off as a professor teaching four classes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so the big schools in film are usually considered NYU or UCLA. Um, how do you think SCAD compares to those schools film in the film department? <clears throat> well, you know, I full disclosure, I've never spent a day at NYU mm -hmm. film school. I've never spent a day USC film school. I've never spent a day at AFI, UCL. Right. Never, I, I literally have never been there. Um, I only know what I read 
and from talking to people. Mm -hmm. So I can really only sort of say, I think, I think SCAD is the most nimble of any school out there, which is not a, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that like cleverly, like mm -hmm. that's really important. If you're teaching film, which is probably changing every five years, mm -hmm. the entire industry is changing, the, the way things are shot, the speed at which things are shot, you have to be nimble. I think that, I talk to people that are, I know someone who teaches at NYU, um, I know someone teaches at UC, USC, not UCLA, but USC, mm -hmm. and they describe the bureaucracy and they describe the, the speed at which change occurs at those places, it's incredibly slow. So I don't mean to divert into that answer, but I think that is really important in terms of what SCAD provides. Mm -hmm. We have as good equipment as any other school. Get better. I, I, yeah, and I know that, mm -hmm. and I know that. Mm -hmm. Our school is in perhaps the most film-friendly municipality in the United States. I had a, a two-hour coffee this morning with Beth Nelson, who runs the Savannah Film Office, mm -hmm. Katie Shook, who is basically the, the liaison between the city of Savannah and, and professional productions. Mm -hmm. you, you, I know how hard it is to shoot in L.A. I know how hard it is to shoot in New York. So if you're, if you're making stuff outside of a, let's say a studio or someone's apartment, that is a massive advantage here in Savannah. Um, I also think that leadership has allowed me to create structures within the film department where where we can put together very sophisticated film teams, also with collaboration with visual effects, sound design, performing arts. You know, collaboration is really big here. Mm -hmm. Not always so supported at other film schools. And I think that is really important because if you're able to be on a set here and it looks literally exactly like a film set in the real world, not just the set itself, but the process of getting to the set. You had to get permits. You had to do all the stuff that you have to do in the real world that a lot of, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of NYU productions don't go through the city and get the permits and all that. It's too much. Yeah. They either get super small and do a super small splinter unit on the street or they don't, or they shoot inside. Mm -hmm. um, all of which is to say I'm sorry that I'm kind of meandering, but um, it's, I don't believe you learn film in the classroom. I think you learn film on a set. Mm -hmm. I think you learn film by doing film, which is why so much of, and I, you know, I feel for you guys sometimes, I know how much work you do outside of the classroom. Um, and I know that the work you do outside of the classroom here in Savannah with SCAD looks as close to the pros as it can look. <laughs> you don't have Teamsters, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But in general, you know, you've been working on that movie that I'm shooting right now, the, the, the low-budget indie here. Yes. And I know that my SCAD movies look better than that movie. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about this. Yeah. 
And that gives me a lot of confidence that my students, when they leave here, you know, you're never going to escape the competition. You're never going to escape the fact that it's a crushingly competitive business. But I have very high hopes for anyone here with the le just a, a modicum of, of ambition and focus mm -hmm. that you're going to do fine in this business, you know. You know, I, I always talk about, you know, positivity. I always talk about collaboration. I always talk about these things. And people, you know, I, I keep, you know, this isn't a Hallmark card. I'm not, just, I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm not just saying that because I want everyone to be happy and have fun. It's, it's literally, you've seen, you know personally, you've seen sets devolve in chaos and negativity and how much money gets wasted and how much, and how basically movies can fall apart because of that. That's true. Um, so... I'm not ignorant of the fact that we are in Savannah, Georgia. We're not in L.A. We're not in New York City. Those are places where, you know, if I had a classroom in Los Angeles, there might be 70 people that I could bring in to be guests. And I'm working on starting to do special two-week, three-week intensives in L.A., like we do in Hong Kong. Okay because I want to start building that exposure to my students. You know, it's important that you get a taste of LA and New York. But I tell you, for a school experience, for the ability to make movies in a friendly municipality with world-class equipment, I'm extremely proud of what we have here, and I'm extremely, almost, you know, maybe I'm being overly optimistic but I, I think we rank right up there and and I I quibble with our rankings sometimes I think we're I think we should be ranked a little bit higher than we are right now okay. and you mentioned how Savannah is such a film friendly city and that's true but um, you know how recently a lot of more films are coming in and TV shows right right now there are five or six of them um, that's making things for students a bit more difficult mm -hmm. so do you think all these films coming to Savannah is that an advantage for students here, or is it a disadvantage? I think primarily it's an advantage, and you have to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. You're working on an independent film right now. Right. Many of your colleagues here in school are working on films shooting in town. That is a great advantage to you. They don't have seven schools to pick from. That's, that's good for you guys. You, they come here, they come to me, they say, who you got? And I, you know, if you've made yourself known to me and I know you from your work, I put many, many, many people forward. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. So I, had a, I was saying I had a two-hour meeting with Beth Nelson today, okay, with Andra Reeve-Rab, the Dean of School of Entertainment Arts, and Katie Shook, who's um, basically locations manager for Savannah. And we talked about this very issue. So the city of Savannah currently, right now, is interviewing another locations specialist who's specialty is going to be only student permits. That person is going to be hired within the next two months because Matt Kruger, who's a SCAD alum, who runs the city permitting office, is overwhelmed and cannot give student permits the time that he needs to. He's recognized this. We've been in dialogue and they are hiring an additional person to help with student permits. Even though that's happening, I would encourage, and I do encourage students at the safety meeting, do not set your sights 
on Calhoun Square in the historic district. Set your sights. If you want to be safe, Starland and below or out. Victorian district, perhaps. But I think we have to recognize the fact that unless you have a very, very significant movie and you're willing to be disappointed, don't even try to have this historic district. Yeah. If you come to me and you say, I have this amazing period piece, um, I did a Kickstarter, I've got all, I've got, this is my budget, these are my boards, this is my, my mood book, I, I, help me, help me get a weekend at an historic square, I will help you. I will do my best. I can't guarantee that I'll get it for you. Mm -hmm. But in general, if you're shooting boy meets girl, girl has dog, dog gets off the leash, they run down the street, we don't need to do that on Jones Street. Right. You know. Yeah, like a year from, a year before, if I wanted to get an alleyway or a street downtown. Not a problem. Um, not a problem. Yeah. I apply for it and a week and a half later, I have the permit. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. But last month, um, we were shooting at an alley downtown, mm -hmm. um, not even Broughton, like right past Forsyth. Mm -hmm. And we had applied for the permit in December, so maybe two months before. Yeah. And right before we want to shoot, they got back to us and they said, hey, still it's not guaranteed. You have to come and present your film in the City Hall of Savannah in front of the police department and the fire department and the film department. And if they feel that your film is safe, um, then we may grant you a permit. And this was two days before we shoot. So it was a big risk because it was someone's senior film and all yeah. his money was basically on the line. Yeah. Um, and we, we did it. I don't know, we were positive for some reason. Uh, and we ended up getting the permit. Mm. So it ended up fine. But just comparing how it was and how mm. it is right now, it's that's numbers, man. That's literally numbers. Yeah. It's numbers. And I, I understand that. And I think that's why the city of Savannah is hiring a person whose job will be mm -hmm. student permits. I think they realized when that happened, we can't do this. We can't possibly vet every single student permit this way. This is insane. Mm -hmm. It'll eat up. Matt just can't possibly do it. It doesn't have enough hours in the day. Yeah. So um, stay tuned, but I'm... I'm optimistic that this bubble that we're in right now where it's really, really cumbersome, I think is going to get better. Okay. And coming back to SCAD, what do you think, uh, when did you come here? Two so I started teaching here in the fall of 2016. I became the chair of the department um, in late December of 2016. So functionally the beginning of winter quarter 2017. Okay. So it's been about three years. It's been two years since I've been the chair. Okay. I've been at SCAD two years and a quarter. Okay. What do you think, what has been the biggest change? What, what is the biggest change that you tried to bring when you came to SCAD? Um, so a lot of the things that I'm going to speak about, I am not solely responsible for, and I don't want to pretend like I am solely responsible for them. Mm -hmm. But I can point to certain things that, with my chief collaborators being, you know, Dean Andrew Reeve-Rab, uh, Performing Arts Chairman Mark Dimshishin, Dramatic Writing Chairman Avery Stork, Sound Chairman uh, Mitch Gettleman. So with those, with that collaboration team, I think the fact that when I started here, Collaboration was a dream. 
it was something that people wanted, it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. The only thing where there was some collaboration happening was the sitcom. And that was, I think the early versions of that were contentious because why are you doing And now it's pretty seamless. And production, I forgot to mention production design in that team. Um, I am, I am very proud of the fact that we are, we are building more professional, professionally mirrored sets across the board. Not just the, the pilots that we might support as part of the School of Entertainment Arts season, not just the sitcom. You know, I'm, and, and, and because we've supported that across the board, I'm noticing the quality of senior films getting better. Okay. Um, here's a fact that you probably don't know. The film department has grown 40% since I became the chairman. So I'm not necessarily proud of that as much as I am overwhelmed by that because I am barely keeping up with equipment and classroom space to, to support that growth. Now, we must be doing something right if we're growing that fast. I think, I think the word is getting out. I think people see what we're doing and they're attracted to it and we're exploding. So just so you know, and you know, um, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this. You know, I, I'm trying to get a combination of the city of Savannah, investors in Atlanta, and some participation with SCAD, I'm trying to get us a soundstage, like a you know, professional soundstage. I, I'm, I'm pushing for that. It may take time, but I'm pushing for that. I'm pushing for a back lot. You know, I don't want the, the mirroring of the professional world to stop with our sets are run like the pros and we've got great cameras. I want, I want us to have full-on professional production facilities, both in terms of stage work, but also in terms of exterior work, where we can do some really adventuresome stuff outside and not have to deal with permits and police and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's really nice to hear because um, basically since you became the chair of the film department, our TV side of the film and television department is growing. Before it was just short films and uh, the buzz. Uh, so the TV side is growing. We started adding VFX films, which all of these are great. But I always thought that it kind of stopped there. So we added the pilots and we added the VFX film and then the next steps to grow even more and more didn't come through. And what would those next steps be in your mind? Um, I think it's related to the things we added. For example, we added the pilots and the VFX film in addition to our sitcoms, which are great. But we didn't further, that's my opinion, we didn't further try to improve their quality by seeing what's wrong. For example, a lot of the times we are more goal-oriented, like we want to do this with this film or this pilot. But I think it starts somewhere else. It starts with, oh, we have this wonderful 
idea. We have this wonderful script. We have great department heads. We have great crew. We have great cast. Okay, now we have everything in place to get to the goal that we want to. But I think sometimes things have been backwards, and that's stunted the growth of these great initiatives, which I think are fantastic. Um, it's easy to make. No, it's really difficult to make. So I'm sorry. So wh what has stunted the growth? Just so I think sometimes our progress is backwards. Backwards. So we set goals like, um, for example, the highest award to win in a TV show is the Emmys. And for us, it's the student Emmy. And that's a wonderful goal to have. But shouldn't the foundation be set first? in terms of story, in terms of... Oh, oh, listen, I mean, just because I won an Emmy, here, here's what I know. Mm -hmm. The best TV show is probably going to win the Emmy, so I'm looking for a great script. I'm looking for a great idea. Right. I'm looking for the best crew to shoot that idea. I'm looking for the best cast to be in that show. I'm not going Emmy and then just throwing bodies and cameras at it and, and just throwing money at it. Like, I, to, to me, the backwards, is, the backwards is sometimes, I think we struggle as a school um, with, with story, which is why I've refocused Film 100 on mostly storytelling, as opposed to camera, sound, light, everything, blah, blah, blah. and we, we still cover those things. It's part of the class, but it's really about story, and the faculty talks about this all the time. SFS. So when you walk into SFS, that casting office at the right, mm -hmm. so that is now going to be a faculty office. Where the faculty used to be, we've created more storage for all of the new cameras that we bought. But more importantly, when you walk into SFS, you know that office to the left that has kind of the, the film canisters, sort of a sculpture around it? Yeah. That is going to be the SCAD production office. And that is going to be a, a, a node, a, an office, where Professor Jim Sadwith and Professor Don Snyder, one from film, one from production design, are going to mentor a group of students. And that's going to be where you go. So you don't just have to go to Facebook anymore and just throw your hook in the water and hope someone bites. That production office will be a way for crews to communicate with each other. Hey, I'm looking for a gaffer. Hey, I'm looking for a second AC. Hey, I need a set dresser. Hey, I need a production designer. That is going to be something that we are going to build into this process of supporting stuff across the board because to me, that's where stuff falls apart. Okay. Is maybe you even have a great script and maybe you have a great director, but it's, it's building that team and supporting that team and specifically understanding the importance of production design early on enough in the, in the process so that your film has a rich, cohesive look. And also building in sound. You know, build, so that production office is going to be there to coordinate all of those elements, which I think is going to be a huge improvement across the board, no, you know, just across the board. Mm -hmm. I also think we don't take full advantage of what we have. Um, for example, the film studios, right? There are a bunch of rooms that are all just locked and no one can use them. Yeah. Or, for example, I personally had this experience. Um, the studio, I think, closes at 11. So at 9 p.m., 
one night, I wanted to go into the studio. No classes are going on. Nothing's reserved. No one's there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into the studio and do a camera test for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I basically went in there. I brought like a couple of people who helped me with it. Mm -hmm. And we set up. And we were asked to leave. Because you didn't have a... Because we didn't You hadn't have, filled out the form to shoot... We didn't have a reservation. In a yeah. So, and my... The reason why that doesn't make sense to me is because reservations are great. It avoids double booking so that if someone's there, you don't go there. So if there's a class there, if there's an event there, mm -hmm. right. But if it's a SCAD building, it's my school's building. And I'm using the film building for a film project that I'm doing for half an hour mm -hmm. in a studio that's vacant, not being used, no classes going on. Mm -hmm. Why am I being asked to leave? Because the people that are there do not have the authority to, to throw out the, the rule, which is that if you're shooting in a SCAD building, mm -hmm. you have to have a piece of paper that says you've been vetted and allowed to shoot in that building. I, I know that's frustrating, but you yourself just said in, in the positing of the question, you understand the reason that reservation system is there. Right. It's because you don't want eight people showing up to shoot at SFS at nine o'clock. Yeah. Now, I understand your frustration, but I would just say, given the structures that are in place right now, it's a lot easier to just, because th no one's going to deny you that. Just, you know you're going to make the camera test. Just apply for the, the space and, 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 get the, and get the clearance. It's... We have a large academic institution. We have rules and structures in place that are in place to make it run smoothly. Sometimes those structures are frustrating. Sometimes those structures feel illogical. You know me. You know that had you called me, had you gotten me, I would have called and said, hey, it's Parham, it's cool, oh, it's, all good. it's all good. Yet, I understand why that person at SFS mm -hmm. did that. Because they don't have the authority. If someone comes and says, what, what's going on here? He doesn't have a thing. They could get in trouble. That's why they did that. It's because there are systems in place to make this place run smoothly. And in general, if you follow them, things run pretty smoothly. It's literally, my experience has been, DW, I, I, I've asked for this. They're not returning my calls. And they get really angry. And then I find out, well, they started asking 36 hours before they had to shoot. Right. And so, you know, you have, that's never going to work in the real world. So in a sense, that's just sort of like, you know, wait till a New York City cop tells you you can't shoot on the sidewalk. And you go, but I pay taxes and this is my city. I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I feel your frustration. You know that I am the person who often steps in to resolve those frustrations but I also understand why those rules are in place. Mm -hmm. um, earlier you mentioned the problem with story. Mm -hmm. um, and Which by the way is the problem in Hollywood. Yeah. It isn't just the problem with SCAD. It's yeah. the problem every, every, yeah. in, in the entertainment industry. Yeah. yeah and you mentioned that we have the best equipment which is very true and a lot of people um, they think that here we're getting trained as technical people. So for example, we know how to use all the best cameras, we know how to light, we know how to use the softwares, the hardware. 
Um, but as you said, I think the focus on story needs to be a lot more. For example, I think until a certain point, uh, film students shouldn't be pushed into production if they haven't learned storytelling right first, because that's the fundamental of making a great film. Um, so, Elson, what you said about intro to film classes, is there any way to, you can't teach someone how to write a good story, that's also... No, you can't. That's also... I mean, you can, you can show them what good story is, you can show them the underpinnings of great stories, but you cannot teach someone to be a great writer. They have to write and write and write and write and write and either get better or not. Mm -hmm. But you can't just teach them how to do that. Yeah. So what I was trying to get to is that is there a way uh, in the fundamental film classes to add certain assignments or certain parts to it that would make people practice their writing more, make people practice their storytelling more, so that it's not just, okay, this is a class, you have to make three films for it, go. You should, you should take a look at the new Film 100 syllabi. You know, since Brett Wagner came here, my new associate chair, the, the, the primary task that I gave him was, we've got to help the storytelling thing here. We have to, we have to figure this out. We have to make it better. So Brett and a committee of film professors have been working very hard on making Film 100 more about story and more about the understanding of good story and more about people pitching stories and people in the class voting. What are the three best projects? You know, people understanding what's the best story mm -hmm. to talking about what's the best story. So be patient with me on that. We just sort of started doing that. But I've recognized that. Um, I also think that, you know, because of our, the way we major here, the way we focus in our second half of our junior year here, there are people who are going to be focusing on cinematography, editing. I still think they need to understand story, but I'm not, I'm not going to, hold their feet to the fire if they're not going to write a great screenplay. Mm -hmm. Because it's really the producers and the directors that I think need to, or the directors mostly, to, who need to um, really understand story. Um, and I think, you know, uh, I think part of building a team here at SCAD besides, like, okay, let's say I come here and I'm, I know I'm going to be a director. So I say, Go meet great actors, production designers, pr location sound people, post sound people. But I also say, go meet some great writers. Go read, go read what some students are doing here. Y you know, er everyone seems very focused on writing their own senior here. Why can't you just go find a great script with another, that another student has written and shoot that? Um, there's no shame in that. That's kind of how it works in the real world. It's great if you write something and you shoot it. But I also think that we underutilize the collaboration between film and dramatic writing here at this school. And I'm trying to, we are trying to bridge that. Okay. And uh, we're almost coming to the end of this. But 
the great part about senior classes are that you have three classes to work on a great film, hopefully your best film here. Or a number of projects. I mean, ho hopefully yeah. not just one film, but also some mm -hmm. minor projects. Which as well. is also the advantage that the initiatives have. You have a longer time period to focus on a greater thing, mm -hmm. to have a great product. Mm -hmm. I think one of the other flaws in our classes is that we have 20 classes, we have 10 weeks to make um, Sometimes they do a midterm film and a final film. Some classes have only a final film. So the process usually goes, you pitch your story by class five, you have your script ready, they read it, hopefully they like it. By, uh, sorry, this is by week five. By week six, you start pre-production. So you have two weeks or th you have three weeks to do pre-production and production, and you have one week So what to class do are you in pre-production in week six? A lot of the classes. Because I know a lot of my professors, like in directing the narrative and stuff, they want you to come in with an idea ready to go. But it never happens. And that is. Well, that, okay, but. So that has to be enforced, I think. Because, and then you know, people start complaining, like production designers come and say, hey, film kids come and ask us to do production design in a week. That's not how production design works, and it turns into a big mess. Um, so I think that will also help to improve the quality of the films that are made? Well, certainly, I think, so a couple thoughts. Mm. Um, there are certain classes where I don't mind a faster process, mm -hmm. because there's one thing that we can't really teach here, is speed of the game. You know, it takes seven days to shoot a 48-page single-camera TV show, mm -hmm. seven days, okay? Seven shooting days. We operate at about a tenth of that speed here when we're shooting our initiatives, or a, a, a fifth of that speed, you know. But with the one you're saying, is it a single set, or is it multiple? No, no, no. multiple sets, okay. go on location, all that stuff, okay. you know. So I don't mind that in some classes it's compressed and, in your opinion, rushed. Mm -hmm. Because I think that is something that is good for you to experience. I will say this. I think that with the increased awareness, the meeting that we had that Dawn and Jim Sadwith had about you know, having production designers come, having people pitch to, to, to production design, I have a feeling that more elevated film classes uh, directing the narrative, maybe the documentary class. Um, I have a feeling some of those classes you're going to find deeper pre-production before, like I know that I'm taking directing the narrative in spring. My guess is that people will start learning, oh I need to start engaging production designers in winter so that my directing the narrative can be really killer in the spring. And I'm hoping that the production office that we're putting in SFS is going to be a means to that end along with the means to a lot of other ends. I don't disagree with you, but I think that these shorter classes with more compressed production time are not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, 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 I think that an experience of chaos, 
a knowledge of how I overcame chaos and a, a feeling of great compression and how much time I have to get something to get to do something is not a bad thing. Yeah, there was this one class that I had to take, and we had to make three five-minute films in the course of uh, one quarter. And it's possible. You can do it. But the quality of those films won't turn out great. Um, and I just thought it makes a lot more sense to, you know, even if it's one class in the course, one film in the, uh, in the course of a class, that's a lot better. Then. Here's what I would do if I was a film student. Mm -hmm. um, I know this is a little bit of Monday morning quarterbacking, but uh, uh, you know, easy for me to say because I've been looking at the curriculum for a long time. But let's say I'm a sophomore here mm -hmm. and I'm a film major. I'm going to look at those advanced film classes and I'm going to try to figure out which professor, which class, and I'm going to start thinking about what my directing the narrative is going to be a year ahead of time. Okay. I think that would be a smart idea. I think, um, you know, I would even go so far as to say, go talk to Jesse Wolf and find out what he does in shot design and figure out, like, how can I better prepare for that class ahead of time? Because the syllabi don't change that much. Yeah. Um, and these professors have office hours. So if you're proactive, you come here as a freshman, I know that I'm going to be a film major. You can start introducing yourself to professors, trying to figure out, oh, I really like this professor. I think he would be great. I mean, you know, a lot of students do that with Kevin McCary because they love the environmental filmmaking and they love him as a documentarian. So they prep, they prepare their course load to take Kevin's courses. I think that it would be wise to do the same thing if, if you know you like how Lubo runs directing the narrative, then don't just show up day one of spring quarter like, hi, here I am. Like, you need to do a lot of work before you start taking that class, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my answer to that question. Yeah. Um, and the last question I want to ask is, we have directing classes, we have cinematography classes, we have uh, pre-production, which is, I can say, producing class. Yeah. Um, but I feel a lot of important film jobs aren't focused on as much as it deserves to. For example, I think a good first AD makes or breaks a set, uh -huh. for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't necessarily teach that. That's why there are a few first ADs that really know everything that goes into it. Yeah. Like it's surprising to me how many times I talk to film students and they don't know what different titles mean and it's just thrown around. Like, yeah, I'm the first AD. I made the schedule. It may or may not work. I'll sit on set and hope for the best. Right. Um, or for example, you know, a lot of people who script, script coordinator. Yeah, script supervisor. Script Very supervisor. Important. Or uh, script coordinator. Script uh, supervisor. Yeah. A lot of uh, film students who graduate. Um, they ended up they end up becoming a PA on a film set here or a grip on a film set here, and I think there is room for those jobs to be taught a lot more uh, extensively. Hmm. Um, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But that's why we have the PA boot camp this coming Friday mm -hmm. that 50 of you are are, are participating it filled in. Up pretty fast. It filled up in 15 minutes, yeah. um, and we're going to bring her back. I mean, we're going to keep doing that because she's teaching basically what ADs do. Mm -hmm. 
set protocol, but also what ADs do. Um, listen, if I taught a world-class first AD class here, if you graduated, guess what your first job on a movie would still be? It would still be PA. It would still be PA. I just want you to understand that. Right. Yeah, it would sure. still be PA. You would be forearmed with maybe a little bit more information, mm -hmm. but you know, my smart film students get on a set, and, I'm, and I mean, and I say this to all my film, I'm not just saying my smart film students, I'm saying film students that understand the value, go be an extra. Just watch the way the beast is run. That's a good set. That's a bad set. Why is that a good set? Why is that a bad set? And you're getting paid, you know, and they're feeding you at lunchtime. I'm not saying do that a lot because you'll probably learn what you need to learn and you can move on. But then when you're, then when you're a PA, you're going to learn a lot more. And then you're going to either wind up in the office or you're going to wind up at base camp or you're going to wind up on the set. Each of those are three different skill sets. Try to rotate if you don't really gravitate towards one or the other. I have a couple of students, you know, Bryson, he loves being in the office. Bryson's going to be uh, an office coordinator before you can blink. Bryson's going to be an assistant UPM before you can blink because he's smart, he's good, he's motivated, he's responsible, and he's taken his producing experience from the buzz and applied it directly to those film offices. Now, that's just one example. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of students here that, you know, I, I just, you know, they, they want to be a camera crew. Well, that's great, but your first job is always going to be, I mean, look, some get lucky and get in the union before they graduate and they're already in the camera crew, yeah. but your first job is going to be a PA. Take whatever job the door, whatever door opens, take it and see where you gravitate towards. Um, but I don't disagree. I want to, I want to teach scripty here. I want to teach more set protocol, PA boot camp kind of stuff. And I'm going to make that happen. It's just, I can't justify hiring a full-time professor to just teach that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that was it. Okay. That was it. Thanks for coming You're to so the welcome. final Thank episode. You're so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I understand that any gathering of smart, intelligent young people is going to be a cauldron of questioning and a cauldron of wanting things to be better. I just want to say this, and I mean this. Please come to me if you have problems, if you have questions, if you have concerns. What is not helpful to me, and I don't think is helpful to the community, is if those questions or concerns become mudslinging in social media. Yeah. Um, and I'm never going to tell people not to go on social media, but I am going to tell you that if you, that that is not the way a problem is going to get solved. Yeah, and this is basically an effort to do that. Um, this podcast has a lot of viewers. Um, a lot of people that I don't expect now know me as the guy who does the podcast, so it's very interesting to me. Um, so a lot of people have eyes on it, a lot of people Great. watch it, Great. and the goal throughout has been to bring up issues in a civil manner, Good. in a constructive manner yeah. that would help 
where we're all at. Yeah. And uh, also, we have I have a surprise. Yeah. Uh, the rumor has been that you have a very favorite drink that you like. Uh huh. I do. Uh, and uh, this is uh, uh. your token of appreciation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, I'm honored. Thank he, you. He is a big fan of Topo Chico's. <laughs> um, so I'm going to open this. Oh, wow. Oh. oh, there, there. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, there you go. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Well, thank on you. that note, um, this was it. Thanks yeah. for coming. Oh, thank you. And, uh, yeah. You shall. That was good. That was great.